0: Post-pandemic and post-inflationary you know, inflationary times and supply chain issues, we're seeing a huge recovery here in the United States and things kind of settling out and interest rates kind of normalizing. And I think we're seeing the same overseas. And we got an opportunity during the conference to catch up with some of our international franchisees.
1: In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real
0: deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are talking, you know, Transworld is named Transworld for a reason. We are literally all over the world. And one of the more interesting things we get to do is look at the entrepreneurial world internationally. And we always love to get an update of what's going on. And the good news, the good news is, you know, post pandemic and post, you know, inflationary times and supply chain issues, we're seeing a huge recovery here in the United States and things kind of settling out and interest rates kind of normalizing. Uh, and I think we're seeing the same overseas and we got an opportunity during the conference to catch up with some of our international franchisees. And we also caught up with some of them outside of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a good point that it is an international business. Um, and it's, it's interesting to think like small businesses all across the world, do buy and sell, right? There is a buy-sell process for it. And it's pretty similar across nations. I know there's intricacies in each country. So we've got some updates from some of our European franchisees. We've got some updates from some US te- territories, which are not technically international, but you know, a little bit uh, off the coast. And uh, also uh, an update from one of our uh, franchisees in the Middle East too, which is doing
0: very well already. Yeah, they're killing it. They're, they're they have a lot of listings. They had they just got over a billion dinars. I, I forget the name of the, uh, the UAE's uh, currency, uh, but they have over a billion dollars of listings. They've sold several businesses already. Uh, Ahmad is doing a great job in his team. Uh, so we get to hear from him and Raheem and uh, it's, it's, it's great. And then uh, we did get to talk to Henry Ziff, of course, from the UK. Uh, he gave us an update. He's doing a lot of M&A work in the UK. We're seeing a lot of big businesses being sold. Uh, he and Michael recently inducted into the hall of fame here at trans world. So uh, we, they've been our, our top international franchisee for many years and We're we're excited to have them. And uh, we talked to uh, some of our folks from Canada as well. Uh, So we have a great, we had a great Canadian presence at the conference and we got to catch up with them as well. And, you know, things are rolling along in Canada too.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we got to talk to some of, um, well, also established franchisees in France and some of our newer franchisees in Puerto Rico and Spain. So excited to hear their journeys. I think what's really fun and insightful for the US-based listeners and the US-based franchisees is by being an international company. There's a lot we can learn with how business is done in other countries and how deals get done. There's just a lot more creativity. Um, I think about like, you know, Henry specifically, because he's been in the network the longest, right? But all of the ideas and lessons he's brought to the US from the UK's business market and vice versa. And it's just a lot of much more collaborative environment. So it's always great to catch up uh, with the international markets as well. And it's kind of dovetails off that episode. We did a couple back um, from the conference of how our franchisees launched their area. This is just kind of a different spin on that for how our international franchisees have launched.
0: Yeah, it's a great episode. And, And it's interesting to see how people are buying and selling and surprising a little bit. You know, like the UAE was... Uh, they were very worried about not having enough buyers for the businesses they're listing. And that's not a problem right now. So
2: Yeah. Or I remember talking to them too, is, uh, you know, the tax strategy um, in the UAE, because there's really no taxes. Right. So it's just a different it, bookkeeping is way different um, than it would be in the U S so.
0: Yeah, but they're, they're getting around that they're figuring it out. So.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, it's a great episode. Uh, we hope you enjoy this international perspective and hearing the stories of our master partners.
0: Yeah. Let's get to it.
2: Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098.
0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are getting international updates. And we were at our conference, but we did not have the chance to talk to Ahmad Abrahim from the UAE uh, because he is so busy uh, over there. And he had... You know began uh, earlier last year and just didn't have the time to come over to orlando so ahmad, welcome and just tell us what tell us what's happening over there you guys are booming
3: yeah yeah Andy thank you thank you for the interview uh, it's uh we're doing great over here I mean like you said, we started early uh, or late uh, 2022 that's right and uh, and then we've been uh, we've been very active uh we have um, fifty plus listings now here where wow. we have about fifteen uh, advisors, and we're hiring. The more you know every we just we just landed or we just got four new advisors on board. and you know the uh, the type of advisors we're getting are people with backgrounds in finance, backgrounds in aviation. Uh, guys who've worked in the uh, oil and gas
0: industry so it's a really good mix of people yeah it sounds great and I, I think you just you just went past 1 trillion 1 billion 1 billion 1 billion so we have a billion
3: dirhams or billion dirhams which for your us audience is about 300 uh, odd million dollars of uh, of listings right now that's so great. Uh, we have larger listings on on uh, on the uh, our largest listing is a hospital, which is very. Uh, we've got two serious offers on them. We're still working through it; it's taking some time, but uh, it's sounding very promising.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a it's. I I know that deal. We've talked about it, uh, and I've actually tried to introduce it to a few U.S. Uh, companies that might want to have a uh, presence in uh, Dubai. So, so tell us about what's happening in Dubai. It's booming. It's still growing. Tell you know, tell us what it's like over there right now. Uh, you know, in the eco- in the economy.
3: Dubai is 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 booming like crazy. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, well, you know, with everything that happened uh, in COVID, post COVID, Dubai really implemented some really good reforms on uh, visas and uh, the you know the ability for people to come in so one of the biggest things which they did was they implemented a golden visa program so now if you come into the country and you either buy property or you invest in a company you can get a golden visa which is a 10-year visa which allows you to stay with your family there for, uh, you know, for a 10 year period, no questions asked. Um, and what we're seeing is we're getting a lot of investors. A lot of people want are very, very interested in coming into, uh, Dubai from different countries. Now, uh, the UK, uh, some people from uh, Russia now with the issues they're having there yeah. and, uh, but also from other places like India, uh, we have, we had an American investor actually who's decided to, uh, from Texas, decided to pick up and move move himself to Dubai and is looking for businesses to buy. And so uh,
0: it's a very, very hot market. Yeah, no pun intended, because it is summertime over there. So it is really, yeah, true. (laughs) So, uh, and on top of it, we all know that there's a, a ton of money in you know, the UAE, looking perhaps to invest overseas as well, right? So you have money perhaps going both ways. Yes, we do. We do. I mean, we've been in contact with uh,
3: with buyers, which are bigger buyers with high, ultra high net worth individuals, even some groups that have been looking to buy businesses in the UK. We've got some uh, also in the U.S., Actually, in fact, we got someone who was looking to get some uh, medical—a medical uh, um, facility—in the U.S. recently. So yes, uh, there's—it's two ways, and I think that's the power of 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 being part of the Transworld Network, where uh, you know we have offices worldwide, and we can market different places and different assets all over the world.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. We that's why we're so excited to have you. That's why we're doing this show talking about our international reach because you know, like you said, uh, after COVID, uh, things have really opened up, and a lot of the governments around the world are looking to get back to kind of that world is flat kind of approach of you know making sure that you know they get the they get the tourist visas going again, they get the investor visas going. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to see more of that in the future. And I think we're, we're going to see more cross-border deals than ever. And we're just, we're really happy to have you. So um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Best way is just send me an email
3: on uh, ibrahim at tworld.com. Or you could give me a call on uh, my number. Um That's, 971, so plus 971,
0: so the code 00971-5224-3924. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's great that you're out there and uh, we're going to be doing a lot more business together. It's only, we're just scratching the surface and uh, I, I know you're excited and your team's excited and so... Uh, It's going to be a fantastic end of 2023, right into 2024. I agree. And, you know, like
3: you said, we are just scratching the surface. Uh, We've closed three deals like we've uh, already, but we think the potential is much, much larger than that. And we're seeing a lot of larger deals, uh, interesting, uh, uh, you know, in interesting businesses that have been around, and people want to enter the market, uh, it's definitely uh, the potential is definitely here. And I think with the Transworld
0: brand, we're really uh, you know getting a lot of people excited about this. Yeah, you certainly are trailblazers. I appreciate it. I know uh, everyone here in the United States appreciates having a full-blown team in the UAE to make sure that we have the ability to market the businesses. We all are engaging worldwide and having the best buyers and the sellers uh, being able to reach, uh, have that reach. So again, uh, Ahmad, thank you for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. And we'll have you on again soon. Thank you.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Today, as you know, we're featuring some of our international franchisees and partners, and I have someone special joining me today, not technically international, but uh, US territory. So we decided to invite him into this episode. We have Albert Victoria. He's the president of Transferral Business Advisors of Puerto Rico. Albert, welcome to the deal board. It's, it's exciting to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. And for purposes of my business, and I think we said that before. Let's go with risk Victoria. Probably that's where it's professional. is better known. But thank you. Happy to be here. At, uh, I follow. I, I am a fan of the program. It's been highly useful. So thank you for having me.
2: Awesome. Well, we're I to, to talk a little bit more about you. Tell us. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background and really what brought you to Transworld.
1: That's a great question, Jessica. Thank you. So I'm formerly a CPA. That's my background. I started my career a long time ago uh, in San Juan, in Puerto Rico. And then I joined Tupperware in 1998. And I've been pretty much traveling the world for the last 24 years, being able to work three years in Brazil, 11 years in Mexico, four years in Singapore. Arab. So everything, uh, for the most part, from the CFO role, I'm also leading some of the big businesses big for, for Tupperware internationally.
2: Wow. Wow. So lots of background with finance, big business. What, what attracted you to the Trans world business model and kind of coming out of big business and focusing more on the small to mid-sized companies instead?
1: Absolutely. So, after probably close to thirty years working uh, around the corporate world, I, I really wanted to have a kind of a break and really what and decide what I was wanting to do next. And through that process, I came across to transfer, and really I got excited about working with what I'm passionate about, which is really working with businesses and helping people grow their businesses. And in this case, in a very important time of their life, where they have built some great businesses and now they want to leverage what they built and to be able to partner with those sellers, I think is it's really fascinating. And when I was doing the research, I came back across to transfer. Uh, and then obviously I got hooked with the people, phenomenal people uh, internally, everybody willing to cheer. I uh, got to know a little bit about the process that Transfer works. I, so basically, Transfer makes it very easy for us to get into this role. So I'm really excited to be here and, you know, really excited about the outlook of what Transfer and us together can do in Puerto Rico.
2: Yeah. Well, you've got a great background for it. You sound super passionate about it. Tell us a little bit more about the opportunity you see in Puerto Rico specifically.
1: So Puerto Rico um, is fairly, we we like to say that it's a small island, but it's about 3.5 million of people. And then it has a lot of uh, people living in the U.S. that are fairly close to the islands. But I think what is most relevant is the number of businesses that are in Puerto Rico. In total, it's about 45,000. And out of those 45,000, 44,000 are less than 100 employees. So I like to say they're kind of in our sweet spot, right? And some of them are phenomenal business. Uh, You know, I, I, I look at it and I'm talking to some of the People in transport, typically they start with kind of a small businesses until they get their foot on the door, the learnings, the whole process going on. Uh, and when I first started, people were coming to me with some of the businesses that are already four, five billion valuations, right? So I got super excited, but obviously it's a huge responsibility. So anyway, I, I see a lot of opportunity here. Definitely, there's a huge need, a huge need in the market. I see a big transition uh, of, of people that are in my age group, you know. 50 to 60 that are looking to really transition out of their businesses. So I think the timing is right.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's huge, huge business um, environment. I didn't realize it's so many small to mid-sized companies. That's a, that's a huge market. I mean, obviously there's a lot of value for Transworld there. What value do you hope to provide the local Puerto Rican economy um, with your business there?
1: That's a great question. So uh Right now, Puerto Rico has been for the most part with being educated to really work for others, right? And also a lot of people work for the government. So and that and that's fine. But I think right now the new generation are really looking into building their own businesses. And I see a lot of opportunities where you don't have to start from ground zero, right, and and start your own business, even if you have great ideas. So I mean, we all know that that is a big challenge uh, to build something up and and it's easier, I guess, to have um, and buy something that is already working and making it great, right, from good to great. And I think this is where I see that opportunity here, great timing, good businesses that are about to be on the market for selling. How do we help new generation, those that already have some good experience, good backgrounds, They have access to financing now so they can get into some of those businesses and really take it to the next level and grow the businesses. One of the things, Jessica, that I see a lot here with some of those businesses is that this group that is in the 50-60, they already have their uh, children well-educated, You know, they, they have a good life, easy life, and they don't want to grow their businesses. They are actually holding back and keeping purposely those businesses fairly small, but they are doing a disservice to the market to the economy, everything, because business could be significantly more uh, and they can hire a lot more people. And this, uh, I see this young uh, generation that is hungry, right? So uh, going back to the original question, I I, I feel that we can not only sell those businesses, but help those buyers to really take those uh, businesses to the next level and really generate something, something phenomenal for the island, which God knows is much needed.
2: Yeah. Wow. I, that's a great point, Louisa. It's like I we hear all the statistics, right? Across the entire U.S., about 55% of all small to mid-sized companies are owned by the baby boomer generation. And in some markets, it's deep and higher. It's in the 60s or 70%. And we also know that that generation is, in your words, comfortable, right? They don't need to grow the business that much more. They're comfortable in their lifestyle. They're usually headed towards retirement, so they don't need to add or don't want to add a ton of employees and business but i have never thought about how that holds back the local economies um, and the potential of what that business and the business income could be um, providing to the local economies, the local communities. So that's a great point. Um, Great for uh, foresight with the impact that you could have with that next generation of entrepreneurs, that through the pandemic, we're very lucky that we had all these younger generations that emerged and they said, Hey, I do want to work for myself. I want to own my own business. And I completely agree with you. Um, it's a, I'd say it's a less, uh, less risk to go ahead and buy a business. It's sometimes less expensive to buy a business than to start from your own and from scratch. And yeah, so great points, lots of opportunity.
1: Yeah, so, so this is what it is. And right now I am in that process of really uh, not selective, I wouldn't say that, but really want to make sure that we provide the service that is needed. I think it's easier to, you know, look at the numbers and start, you know, building that inventory, if you will, of business to sell. And, you know, fortunately we've been able to do that. But I think what is important is to really take care of, of, of the entire process, working with those working with those buyers, doing the right thing, uh, building the ground for, for Puerto Rico, because I feel that whatever we do here, we can replicate that in other markets in the Caribbean. Uh, um, I know we want to go into uh, the South uh of uh you know south america and whatnot and obviously mexico is a phenomenal market a huge market here. like i mentioned for 11 years so i know this will work there phenomenally so so yeah so i i really appreciate the, the support that we get from transfer um uh, you know from top management down everybody has been very open so I, I couldn't be happier to to join such a phenomenal team
2: Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing your growth. Before we um, we jump off the call, why don't you offer just a quick piece of advice for someone who's thinking about selling their business or maybe even buying a business locally in Puerto Rico?
1: Yeah, I, nothing new of what you mentioned, but I've lived through it uh, just get your books right, right? Uh, Because a lot of, in in Puerto Rico, uh, a lot of the business is cash basis and it works well in in many aspects. It's it's kind of a natural way to do business here. It's easy and it has, uh, you know, I I, I don't know, but, you know, when you're getting into that process, make sure that as much as possible, if you want to get the better valuation, get your books right. And start, uh, the other point is don't wait until you are about to sell to really reach out, right? I think the the, the faster that you can connect with us. One of the things that is being phenomenal I haven't found one person that resists to getting to know what is the value of my business. You know, yeah. really that and it's right it's very easy and and, and we We do it effectively at a a very low cost. Uh, So it's something for you to really know what the value of your business is. Perhaps one, two years before you want to sell, right? You don't have to wait. Or, you know, what it takes to take my business to the next level. And we are able to help you with with that as well. So the value that I will give you is get as much knowledge as, uh, you know, as early as possible in the process. uh, And then you decide when the time is right for you.
2: Yeah, I love that. I I think that's the perfect advice. Everybody wonders what their business is worth, but you're right, don't wait until the last minute. So with that being said, Luis, how can people reach you if they want to ask you that question or want to educate themselves a little bit better?
1: Yeah, thank you for that. So easier by email, Victoria. Uh, at tword dot com uh, or they can do it by phone as well by business phone is nine three nine six five five zero six zero seven.
2: And we'll drop that information into the show notes for the listeners as well, so you don't have to drop it down. Uh, jot it down, just flip up the show notes and it'll be right in there. Thank you so much. I really look forward to following you on your journey and having you join the deal board again when we're talking expansion into the rest of the Caribbean, Mexico, and South America.
1: Thank you, Jessica, and keep up the phenomenal work you're doing.
2: Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal
0: of the week. Deal of the week. So, Hey,
1: welcome back,
0: everybody, and it is a very special deal of the week because we have Ahmad Abrahim from Transworld Business Advisors of the UAE and Dubai, and They just closed their very first deal. Uh, They just got started late last year in 2022 and really kind of ramped up over the last year. And they just closed the deal. Ahmad, tell us about it.
3: Yes, Andy. Yes, we did. We did just close our first deal and it was great. Um, And it was closed in record time, by the way. So it closed in about less than four weeks. Uh, We... uh, So this was a car garage, which was, uh, which we listed Uh, business was been has been running for about seven years, profitable business. Uh, It was uh, run by a, uh, by the owner himself. The owner wanted to relocate, and move back home. So he was not from the UAE. Mm -hmm. And this is what we find a lot of owners like that here and uh, the buyer which we found basically uh was a corporate guy who's been in who's been working for a large corporate for about 20 years he said you know he wanted to look for an alternative basically he wanted to move on from the nine to five and uh, we got them together and uh, we made it
0: happen that's great i mean you know that's a great story it's a, a typical story and I think it's great for people to hear that, you know, uh, those kind of stories happen all over the world that, you know, people want to sell their businesses because they're relocating or retiring and people are moving away. They want to be their own boss. They want to get out of corporate. We say corporate America, but obviously they want to get out of, you know, the corporation they were working for and they want to work for themselves. So it sounds like a good deal. It was,
3: it was a great deal. And, uh, you know, Andy, the guy was so happy. The buyer was so happy with the deal we gave him that he actually is looking to buy a second and a third uh, business through us. And, you know, he's basically creating a, uh, a, an income firm equivalent to his high profile corporate job now. And uh, it's, it's, uh, we see a trend here where Corporate uh, people who have been working in corporate for 20 years plus, you know, mid-career, let's say, they're
0: looking for an alternative and uh, that's what we're providing for the market. Wow, that's that's great. And so a huge congratulations and we're looking forward to so many more. I know you have a lot of l- much larger listings, much larger engagements that you're working on. So uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Ahmad, what's the best way to get in touch with you or your office? The
3: best way is to send us an email. So uh, on A Ibrahim, so it's a-i-b-r-a-h-i-m at troll.com, or give us a call or give me a call on, on my phone number, on my cell. And so that's uh, 971-52-224-3924.
0: Yeah, we'll drop all that in the show notes, too, and uh, people can get in touch with you. Uh, Thank you so much for all you do uh, to promote the Transworld brand internationally and looking forward to doing more of these with your team. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And, of course, we're talking international, and we couldn't talk international without our first international partner, and I don't know if you were first. But anyway, we'll it doesn't just go matter. with that at that. But uh, Henry Ziff, obviously from the UK and London, he's been doing a great job over there. Uh, they have, you guys are busy. I mean, you guys have really, over the last couple of years, really grown your trans world office. Tell me, tell me about what's going on other than you have a new king. Yeah so we've got we've got a new
4: king uh we don't have a new government at the moment so that's always good. Uh yeah things are going great Andy so we just keep growing we're we're up to 15 or 16 offices 16 offices now. Um we have 200 clients 200 businesses for sale um and just keep growing so yeah things are things are going well.
0: Yeah I mean you seem to uh you seem to uh, trend a little bit toward the larger businesses as well. I mean you're seeing that I know, uh, you know, High Street, which is Main Street here in the United States, uh, was a little bit of a challenge, certainly during COVID and then the economics of, you know, Brexit and all that kind of stuff kind of slowed that down, right? Yeah, a little
4: bit. So I think uh, we, the, the, the UK is a slightly different marketplace. So yeah, absolutely trended towards slightly uh, kind of, we call it lower middle market deals. So kind of maybe more, some more m type deals, but there's uh, every market we've ever we've been in and I'm sure it's the same with you guys in the US there's plenty of opportunity there's plenty of people that want to sell their businesses plenty yeah. of people that want to buy businesses it's there's maybe more tax on some slightly larger transactions but that's it right
0: and, and you're you're still looking to grow right yeah, you've a lot, lot of stuff you're doing over there loads
4: loads of loads of capacity we we're, we're, we're looking for more people to uh, to join our team and uh yeah there's more opportunities um throughout the country Henry, if somebody wants to get in touch with you in London, what's the best way? Uh, best thing is shoot us an email or give us, a, give us a call, or we've just moved into a brand new office in Mayfair. There you go. Oh. Um, so welcome. We, 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 uh, we, we're always happy to host people if they want to come see us uh, as well. Excellent. Thanks for coming on, Henry. Appreciate, appreciate all you do. Thanks for having me, Andy.
0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have a very special guest. We have Mary Soldano from Fundex our partner at Transworld in SBA funding and all kinds of funding. Uh, But there was so much going on out there in the world of SBA financing that we wanted to bring Mary on and just talk about it. And we could start there. But first, Mary, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Fundex.
5: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, Thank you, Andy. Like you said, my name is Mary Soldano. I'm an SBA lender at Fundex. We are a non-bank 7-8 lender, so we are not a loan broker. A lot of folks sometimes come to us thinking we're brokering the loan out, but we lend you the actual money. Hmm. So we're a non-bank lender. So in the country, there's thousands of SBA lending institutions, and 14 of those have a special license to be a non-bank lender, and that's us. So what that means is that we've a little bit more of a flexible credit box in some of those larger banking institutions um and we're very okay with those larger goodwill deals which is why 9 out of 10 of our transactions are business acquisitions. Um so our bread and butter is those business acquisitions.
0: Excellent. And so I yeah Fundux is very uh successful out there in the world. They do a lot of deals and we're happy to have them as a partner at Transworld. And so you know, it's been a Kind of a strange year. Certainly we are in transition. Uh the rates have gone up slightly over the last few years, doubled in fact. Hello. So and and I always tell people, I'm like, listen, I, I think rates have returned to normal, right? right? So I mean, out there in the world, probably it should be eight or nine percent, ten percent for a, a loan of this risk out there yeah. in the marketplace. So I don't think we're completely out of whack right now, but it 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 hasn't slowed down that mm. that much has it?
5: No, it's almost it feels almost busier than ever, honestly.
0: Right. So we, we I, and we see that. We see that there's yeah. still as many deals getting done. Listen, yeah. money's a little more expensive. It's not free anymore. So uh and and so I, Number one, I think that's healthy for the marketplace. I think it's healthy for the marketplace to have real interest rates, because now sellers are getting their money, and they have an ability to do something with it that's, quote unquote, safer than perhaps risking it in the stock market when they want to retire. So I think this is kind of evening things out. And just as we're evening things out in the world, the SBA uh, decides to drop a bomb on the whole process and say, we're going to change the rules. So there's a lot of interesting rules that have been changed. You know, yeah. Why don't you give us some of the highlights or what yeah. you think are the highlights?
5: Yeah, so the new SOP, um, which is the standard operating procedures, goes into effect August 1st. So that's less than a week from today. So lots of lenders out there in the country are figuring out what their credit box is going to be on top of the SBAs. Um, SBA came out, one of the biggest changes are the changes to what counts as equity injection now, um, which goes into creative deal structuring with lots of sellers and buyers. Um, so if you're a seller or buyer, now there's three different ways seller holding paper can count as equity injection. They first told us also that a seller note could be interest only. They didn't give guidance whether or not a balloon could be counted as equity. And then just last week, we got technical updates that if there is a balloon, it cannot count as equity. Hmm. So there's a lot of interpretation right now with the SBA and all the new rules they're putting out. But from our understanding, um, and our team is going to have a huge Q&A session on this, I think mid-August, once we've been able to really digest a lot of the new rules and talk with industry experts a little bit more, Um, but it's the same as always, which is the first one, standby for the life of the loan. So that means that seller is not getting a penny until they pay off the SBA loan. That's what standby means. Second is standby for 24 months only, and it can accrue interest during that 24 month time, which not a lot of people fully understand that. So the seller could almost make more on that standby note than they would on the stock market right now if they put away 10% of that seller note. Um, and then the last one is interest-only payments. So they could have interest-only for 10 years and then it, P&I amortizes after that. There's no set standard on what that interest-only period could look like that counts as equity. But right now, those three pieces of equity injection count towards that 10% that a buyer can put down.
0: Wow, all right. Well, that's... Lots
5: more flexibility. And I know that was a lot.
0: <laughs> no, that that's a lot. And so also talk about yeah. that now that, the, the other change that I thought was really interesting was that sellers can stay on.
5: Yeah, sellers can stay on as an employee, as long as they are not a key employee. Mm. Um, And so we've been going back and forth a little bit to making sure we fully understand this, right? So key employee is a director or stockholder that can make day to day decisions about hiring and firing. Um, So they can stay on as an employee, and then you can still use that person's license. Um, Sometimes that way, that seller can still get their health insurance paid right after they Mm. sell the business, because they're still technically an employee, but you do not have to do that ten ninety nine consulting anymore. They can actually be a w two employee
0: interesting. and so with that, you mentioned the key uh, one of the keys out there in the world that people are looking at now is in stock sales. and we had a yeah. big law change at the end of uh, at the beginning of this year, it was passed at the end of the year. it went into effect this year. So talk a little bit about sellers now being able to hold on to some some of their stock if they So,
5: yes, it's allowed, but according to the last technical update, so in May, they issued these procedural notice and said partial buyouts are allowed, right? And we all took the understanding that, okay, the seller's 19% or less ownership, no personal guarantee. However, there's something called the six-month look-back rule, and Mm. the way our team is interpreting this right now is if you do a stock sale, that person, if six months ago they had 20% or more ownership, they would have to now personally guarantee and pledge any personal assets, Mm. So it muddies the waters quite a bit because if somebody's selling their business, are they going to want to personally guarantee the buyer's loan to buy it? Probably not. So we're hoping SBA gives a little bit more clear guidance on that. But that came up in um, one of the technical updates that we were listening to. Well,
0: the good news is that the government is usually very clear in all their documents. Oh
5: yeah, super clear.
0: (laughs) So as and as we've learned over the years of doing this, uh, we've learned that you know. The details do come out later, and they may make changes to the process, and or and 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 people, you know, banks will push the envelope. Some banks will push the envelope, and some will ask questions, and we'll see this kind of evolve. But this is really kind of the some of the biggest changes we've seen in a long time.
5: Oh yeah, for sure, and it's important to note too, like the SB, Everybody's interpreting these rules differently, right? So right. you're talking to me today, and an SBA lender from another institution possibly tell you something else which is what we're just seeing in the market right now so it's a little bit wild of what different um different ways are being interpreted and then i always try to tell borrowers business brokers buyers sellers that just because the sba says something is okay that doesn't mean your lender's credit box is going to say that's okay so we try to be very clear with that distinction
0: right so let's talk about fundex then let's talk about what kind of customers you're looking for what kind of loans you like to do and what you're seeing, you know, kind of finishing out the year this year and maybe even into 2024.
5: Yeah, so we are still seeing, um, I mentioned earlier, nine out of 10 of my recent projects have been business acquisitions. And I think same for my colleagues across the board. Our biggest... thing that we underwrite on is cash flow and character. So we're really looking, all right, is the cash flow of the business you're buying going to be able to pay off this debt and then are you going to come in, do you have good character and be able to stabilize or maximize this business? Because at the end of the day, we're praying that we are not liquidating any of that collateral to pay us back, right? So we are not collateral lenders by no means. We will do a 4 million dollar goodwill goodwill deal um, as long as it cash flows to a certain extent. So really strong cash flowing businesses, strong operator Um, even maybe strong operating teams, right? So let's say somebody's coming in, they may not have all the direct industry experience, but they have access to people who do, that's a deal we would want to do.
0: Right. So what are you seeing out there as far as valuations are concerned? You think the banks are getting, you know, kind of closing that credit box a little bit, getting a little tougher on maybe what the valuations are looking like?
5: Yeah, I think so and I think people are really paying attention to whose uh whose customers they are, right? So if you're financing a business that let's say, it's, you know, it's an HVAC company, who are the customers of that HVAC company? I just a deal referred to me the other day that the banker on it beforehand was like, you know what, we don't like the customer list that the business is serving. So, and that was the first time in a while that I heard people are really zeroing in on who the customers are of the businesses that they are financing, um, probably because they're looking at, you know, the economy and what's going on. Can those customers continue to support that business in the future?
0: right whether it's new housing starts or yeah. whether it's commercial or whether it's
5: construction new homes yeah. that kind of stuff yeah for sure and so we're still seeing valuations pretty consistently um we did our the last 3 deals we did came in very very below minor below the value of the purchase price. We were still able to do it because with the equity injection and our loan amount wasn't above that. And there was a good reason for it. Um, But that was the first time probably in over a year that we had our valuations come in right under purchase price.
0: Well, which is, I I think that's what we're seeing out there. I mean, not that, you know, we, we, I think we lagged the market, right? So I think, you know, interest rates went up and everybody kind of, you know, took a pause. And then, you know, when, when, we're basing our usually our values on past financials. So everybody's kind of cautiously looking toward the future. So all the, all the, um, you know, supply chain issues have kind of cleared up whether or not the labor market is getting any less tight. I think it's somewhat abating a little bit. So so I think, you know, things are normalizing a little bit and I, I and it's and whether or not we're going to be in a recession or we've already yeah. passed it or it's where, you know, we're going to where it's going to be a soft bounce. I, I, I think yeah. it, that makes everybody kind of just pause right a little bit when they're doing a loan and and being a little bit more conservative, which I, probably is a good thing.
5: Yeah. It is. Um, I agree with you. Um, but then there also are those lenders where if it makes sense, then we'll do it. So there's stuff that we set, call it our lender guidelines. or, And so if it's right outside of our guideline, but it's still a logical loan for us to do, our credit team is amazing. We're like, you know what, let's pick up the phone and just talk to the borrower and let's figure this out together. Um, and so that's why we really appreciate our back office too, in that sense, where it's not just this like hard nose, like quick guesses. It's very much well thought out. Is this a logical thing for the spire to do?
0: Right. I, I think that that's what we appreciate about Fundex. So, you know, it's always being able to speak to the, to you, the BDOs, the business development officers, also being able to speak to the underwriters if we needed to. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like you said, you're, you're, you're funding entrepreneurs. You want to know that entrepreneur, uh, and you're fu- funding buyers. I mean, you know, no, you don't want the assets. There's and nobody. No. Wins. <laughs> nobody wins. If a loan goes bad.
5: No, no, exactly.
0: So. So tell me, you know, tell me a little bit more about Fundex. What kind of deals you like to see? You know what? You know, 7A, 504. Yeah.
5: So we're only an SBA 7A lender. So our license allows us to do SBA 7A loans. And so we will do other uses of funds. Um, We do a lot of commercial real estate. We'll do some debt refinance. Um, Business acquisitions are our number one use of proceeds. Um, And that's just mostly because of, I think, what our culture is like. So we're seeing we really lend based off of cash flow. And so the larger the deal is, the better the cash flow should be, right? Because then we're putting more risk. We want to make sure that that business is making enough money to be able to repay the loan. Um, And so, yeah, it's been a very busy year, but it's been awesome. So, and we'll, we're not very, you know, there's no industries. We're really saying a hard pass to. um, We're proceeding with caution with certain industries, but we're still taking a look at it and we're still seeing, does this industry make sense? Um, So,
0: yeah. And any regions that you... Yes, yeah,
5: so we're national. So I'm based right outside of the Philadelphia, PA area, um, but I can lend nationally. Um There's a, our whole team, so we can lend anywhere in the States. We've even done some deals in Alaska and Hawaii.
0: There you go. And we have some great franchisees in both yeah. those places. So, um, you know, anything that you want to, you know, kind of talk about what you're seeing in the future, what you're
5: yeah, no, we're we're excited. So we think the SBI they made a, you know, they're loosening some of the guardrails, but then they're putting some of them back on to, I think, really protect the integrity of the program. Um, and we are hoping that we're one of those lenders that still protects the integrity of the program but also uses it to create better access to capital for more buyers and more entrepreneurs. And so we're really excited to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I I think that's what they're trying to do. I think that's one of the things they want to get capital into small business people's hands, people that never have had access to capital before. And I have to say, I've been around too long in this business. And I used to remember a day where we really didn't believe in SBA loans because they were so difficult to get. And it was yeah. a lot of paperwork and it was very, you know, very, the the businesses that they funded were very much inside a very, very small box, yeah. uh, you know, collateral based and things like that. And now we're seeing it continue yeah. to move the other way. Uh, and with things like, you know, technology, uh, being able to keep tabs on those businesses. I yeah. think they want to get that capital into small, you know, small business yeah. owners hands and people that have never perhaps bought a business before.
5: Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's where our team really kind of excels in that. And so the way that we're set up, we work in a pot structure where I have a team, there's four of us. So it's myself, loan coordinator, underwriter, and closer. The four of us are touching every deal together. And so we're that small business buyer really has a team working through them without every possible. Through every step of the process, we're not just passing them. Oh, here's into this bucket of underwriters our firm has. No, it's like know this underwriter. We get on the phone. They get to meet all of us throughout the process, and they know they're they're not alone in the transaction. Um, you know, filling out the 1919s, the PFS, the multiple revisions of it. We are with them, helping them figure that out. We're not just like, oh, here's this document. Good luck.
0: Well, as I know, it is very difficult um, to try to do this. With a bank yeah. that doesn't know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I implore all the people at Transworld and every everybody in the world, really, if yeah. you want to get an SBA loan, your best bet is to deal with a company like Fundex that specializes in this, knows what they're doing, and can give you not only fast yeses, but fast noes if it doesn't yeah. meet the criteria.
5: Yeah, exactly. We're held accountable to be able to either produce you a term sheet or say, I'm sorry, we can't do this right now within two days. And so that's huge. And that's a term sheet with a lot of weight too. So every term sheet gets looked at by either our credit manager or chief of credit before it gets to that small business buyer. And so if we're giving you a term sheet, I think it's like a 98% of those term sheets end up getting a commitment letter.
0: There you go. You've got it down. (laughs) Fundex is the place to go. Mary is the contact. Mary, What's the best way to get in touch with you yeah. and your team at Fundex?
5: Yeah, so, um, you know, fundexsolutions.com. My email is msoldano um, at fundexsolutions.com. Um, and just reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email. And we'd love to see if we can help you buy your small business. Or if you need a prequal and you're selling a business, we also help to love to help you be able to get that SBA prequalified.
0: Excellent. We'll put all that st- stuff in our show notes and we'll get it out there to everybody. Mary, thank you so much for coming on and clearing up you know, what is a lot of questions that are happening.
5: Well, a lot of it's still to be determined, right? So hopefully right. in a couple of weeks, we'll be hosting a webinar that can clarify even more of it.
0: And we'll have you back on the deal board. I
1: appreciate you coming awesome. on.
0: Thank you so much, Andy. We appreciate it. Welcome back, everybody. And we have a very special guest. We're talking international. We're talking to some of our international folks about what's going on and how they started. And we have Sal Mazoub from Quebec and uh, they've been doing a great job, but uh, it got off to a little bit of a rocky start. Tell us about that.
6: Yeah. Hi. Thank you, Andy. Uh, We had a rocky start in the beginning. It was a bit tough. Uh, Canada was a bigger, tougher cookie than the US. But then we started doing, when we started doing drop letters, that's what opened the door. So we were against drop letters, believe it or not. I started myself doing drop letters. I did on a weekend about 250. Monday morning, I started receiving calls. And this is when it started rolling. There you go. I didn't believe that drop letters work, but they do. Then we started sending letters through a company called Postalytics. They have a QR code, which I love that company. As soon as the business owner opens that letter, they scan it, you know that you receive a note that they received uh, uh, a letter and they opened it. So we follow up with a phone call. Tell them that you received the letter, we'd like to talk to you and come visit you. We start talking, we we do a conversation that's working a lot for us. We're doing a lot of BNI, so I'm a member of BNI. That's great, networking is always good. BNI has sent me uh, a lot of referrals, so we're very happy with BNI. We're connecting with banks, we're connecting with the Bank of Canada and uh, Bank of Montreal. We went to their MA team. And uh, we are doing relationships with them whereby they have uh, businesses for sale that they cannot sell. They're sending those to us.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, It it sounds great. I mean, listen, uh, we love the fact that you're making Quebec uh, a great place for people to do business. And, you know, there's definitely a void in the market. I mean, there's not a lot of established business. There is
6: no competition. Zero.
0: Zero. Honestly, uh, we have a bigger
6: platform. We're more, we have more procedures we have uh, our advisors are more educated more refined and we're good salesmen so we're doing well now we have almost a listing every week and you listing a week that's great yeah and you've been hiring up we're hiring that's that's a tough job we're unable to hire as much as we like we have two new guys just hired now so we're five guys we want to grow to 10 by the end of the year
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, you're doing a great job and I really appreciate all you do in Canada for us. Sure, you're welcome. Thank, thank you, Andy. You. Thanks for thank having me. Thanks for coming aboard, Thanks board, for Tom. having
6: me, thank
2: you. Welcome back to The Deal Board, everyone. And as you know, this week, we're featuring some of our international master franchisees and partners. I'm very excited because we want have one of our newest members to the organization, Miguel Nabot He is a partner for Transworld Business Advisors in Spain. Um, and he's joining us from Spain, uh this morning for me, this evening for him. Miguel, welcome to the show. Welcome to the deal board. Thank you for being here.
7: Hello, Jessica. Uh, thanks to you for the opportunity of being here. I'm, I'm yeah. very glad. To speak with you. Perfect.
2: Well, why don't you just start? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what journey brought you to owning a Trans World Business Advisors. What's your
7: background? What did you do before? Okay, that's going to be a terrific story. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my master, I studied business administration and economics in the University of Navarra. I start my career as a business consulting. I start my career at IBM. Then I moved to PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, I worked in Madrid for several years, but then uh, the family started growing. And when I have a child, so I moved to the north of Spain. There's a, a very small office of PwC here, but then I moved into a... Um, self employed consultant for small companies. But then everything changed in 2018 uh, because uh, I, my, my sister and my brother-in-law and my mother died on an accident. So I quit my job for, for a few years to take care of the childs of my sister and my brother-in-law. So the family uh, grew from, from three to nine in just one day. So so that was very, very tough for me. Uh, And after managing all the family issues or the the family wealth and all that stuff, then I I wanted to restart my career um, and I was looking for professional services. I double checked some opportunities but then I find that uh, I want to be self-employed again, and and I was looking for having some support. So so I decided to join the business advisors. Wow. So that's why why I'm here. <laughs> okay.
2: Wow. Well, what a story. I mean, I mean, I'm so sorry about your sister and brother-in-law, but family is so important, right? And yeah. I can imagine that's probably why you chose to stay on the self-employment and entrepreneur path, right? Is so you can have the balance to support your family. So. Yeah. Um, so good for you for doing that. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, like you've got a really honestly perfect background for selling businesses. You've got the consulting background, you've worked for some of the largest companies in consulting and financial in the world. What do you see as the biggest opportunity for trans world in, in Spain for you guys?
7: I don't know if I understand the, the question correctly so you mean the the main opportunity here in Spain or why Ian Yeah I mean I think the I think the demographic uh, question is the same here than in the states uh, and I, the situation is very similar so there are many many people getting retired here in Spain and and there's no big companies focused on uh, buying or selling small businesses so I, I mean I think the the opportunity is really the same than than in the states. It has maybe maybe different uh, maybe different stuff, but the main point is, is that so so there is a big a huge opportunity here because many people is getting retired and and I mean companies are, are start to move here. Uh, so we we have just come from a rotation. And things are starting to to move faster here, so, so I think it's it's a good a good moment now to join this. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Always great to start um, a business coming out of a recession too. There's so much potential growth there. I was just in Spain. I missed you guys. I was just in Barcelona a few months ago, and. I have to echo your thoughts I think we actually were in Spain and, and uh we were in Barcelona and northern Spain up in Torondora. and um there's a ton of small uh locally owned independent businesses from all kinds of uh all kinds of industries and a lot in Barcelona a lot of population that's moving from other countries um to the Spanish cities so yeah. see a lot of similarities in the states a lot of opportunity for you all you guys have uh a lot of work ahead but yeah. what, <laughs> What's your plan for the next year? What's your plan for the first year for your launch?
7: I mean, the, the plan is uh, to be on the biggest cities in Spain. So I'm currently based on, on Bilbao. The other partner, Carmen, uh, is based on Madrid. Uh, we would like to be on Barcelona, on Sevilla, and on Valencia in the next year. I think it's it's something easy to, to reach. Uh, Um, and let's see how how fast we can grow.
2: Well, I'm sure you guys are going to grow very, very fast. Um, You know, looking forward into the future, if the business trans world could have an impact on the Spanish economy, what would you hope that it would be? What what do you hope your business will help um, the Spanish economy with?
7: I mean, I I think it will help a lot. So I'm finding that the the model is very switchable uh, here in Spain. So I've been this morning, for instance, in the Chamber of Commerce and they were very excited about the, the business model because they told me that they have many, many businesses here. I'm, I'm talking to many uh, uh, attorneys uh, offices and, and they're very excited about this because they have many, many companies to share and they don't know how to move it or how to how to sell them. So I think it's a great opportunity for Spain. Uh, many people is trying to get um, self-employed here, and then they don't find maybe the way. And I mean, the size of the company uh, will be very helpful uh, because we'll be able to help uh, people all around Spain. So maybe the main problem here, it's, the, it's the, that there are very small players, and they do move into another uh, states I don't know if the, is that the correct word. It's comunidad autonoma here in Spain, but mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't have contact between the different states here. So, so that's why we want to, to be in different states. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And is that similar in the United States too? It's like we have the states too. And sometimes there's very, uh, there's smaller business brokerage offices that only operate in one state or one region. And you know, one of the benefit of Transworld in the United States is that we have offices in every major city and every major state um, in the U.S. And you're going to do the same in Spain. So um, to wrap up, why don't we talk about advice um, or recommendations that you have for someone in Spain who's looking to sell a business or maybe looking to buy a business? What advice or first steps do you have for them?
7: First steps. Well, that's a good question for something to sell a business, I would say that uh, let's think about it uh, and and take a good path to do it. Uh, I'm finding here, I start only working with referrals and I I, I can see that people, it's not ready or they don't know how to sell a business. I will tell them that uh, put your business on hands of a good professional. And take time to prepare everything uh, to sell the business ready. So, so I'm, I mean, I'm working with with a few businesses here and, and I'm really surprised that a, a small business owners don't know how to, how to sell the business. and, and, and I mean, I, I mean, so it's, it's a good thing to prepare everything and and to take a, a right path. So in, and in that sense is where I'm finding very, very helpful, the transport business advisors, uh, workflows and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome.
2: And then, um, our last question, just to wrap up: If someone is looking to reach out to you, if they want to talk to you about buying or selling, do you guys have a good email address or website where they can meet, uh, reach you at?
7: I think they can they can uh, reach out to us with both with both of them. So my my phone number it's on the website, uh, and we attend to the mails as well. So both of them will be will be okay.
2: Okay. And we'll drop those into the show notes. That's if you go to tworld.com, you can search all of our locations and get contact information, including our ones in Spain. Well, Miguel, thank you so much for joining us on the deal board. We wish you the best of luck um, and look forward to hearing all about your success in the future.
7: Okay. Thanks, Jessica, for the opportunity to talk with you.
0: Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Listing of the Week, and we have Greg Torgeson here from Transworld Business Advisors of Alaska. Welcome down. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. So tell me what you got. Oh, um, I got a mechanical contractor in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, they do about six and a half million in sales. They're doing a million in SDE, comes with about two million in real estate, and they are listed for six million nine. Wow. Sounds like a great deal. And there's a lot of need for HVAC up there in Alaska. Almost 100% service work, too. Really? So it's it's residential, commercial? Residential, and commercial. Both. Yeah. And been in business for a long time? About 30 years. That's all? Great. Only 30 years? Yeah. All right. Sounds like a very solid business, Greg. What's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to learn more? Uh, Greg T at TWorld.com or myself on 907-8540-543. Excellent. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com.